Hi guys, this is Maya. I'm just doing the editing for this episode really fast and I just wanted to let you know that this is our first time interviewing someone else. So the audio is not that great. It's kind of um, distorted a little bit. The audio did get blown out quite a bit. Again, this is our first time doing an interview with someone. So I tried to make it as coherent as possible. You can still make out everything that they are saying. Sometimes it does get a little hard to hear and I apologize for that, but we did the best we could with what we had and I just hope that you guys enjoy what we've presented for you today. Bye! Hello, my name is Sydney and I'm really excited to talk to our fanfiction author today. I'm Maya and I'm also super excited to talk to our writer today. Our writer! I'm super excited to be interviewed. Our author today! It's... Okay. We have this amazing voice. If you don't know, this author has written so many things in the Voltron fanfiction. Um, we're talking Leo Rising, um, what is it, Schmish shenanigans and other mi- uh... Other mishaps. Other misunder- Oh, misunderstandings. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, did I read that word wrong? Um, we have AO3's own Chocolate Moosey! Oh my god, thank you for being here. I'm very happy. Sydney texted me one day and she was like, we got an interview! And I was like, oh my god! Like, done this for a month. <laughs> yeah, I saw your guys' um, call on Twitter. Um, retro, retro fanfic podcast? Yes. I follow, I follow them, they follow me. And so I started following them. I don't actually listen to the podcast, but I ought to. Um, but I, I saw that you guys had a call out for an interview. I'm like, wow, I've been writing fanfiction since I was a baby. So I'm going to give you guys a call. I'm so happy. Honestly, did. I'm like, so glad. It was the best part of my day when I went you know, to the emails sure. and I saw that. <laughs> okay, so you ha- you said you've been writing fanfiction since you were a baby. Could you please tell yeah. us a little bit about your relationship with fanfiction slash how you started reading and writing it? Um... When I was eight years old, I was super duper into Sailor Moon. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. yeah. And so I started going on um, all sorts of Sailor Moon fan sites. And um, that way, that way, in the 1990s, <laughs> um, people used to post fanfiction on their own personal websites. And so what would happen is you would email fanfiction in, and people would um, post them on their own domains that they hosted. Oh. And so I started reading it, and I really liked what I read, and through that I found out about uh, fanfiction.net. Yes. And um, I, I have fairly high reading levels in my age, so I was probably reading stuff I shouldn't have. Um, we all were. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> even, even now I feel like there are teenagers who are like, maybe I shouldn't be reading this. Oh, absolutely. I read, I read and I wrote so much stuff I should not have. Oh, yes. Yeah, I was just, I was just blown away that this kind of stuff existed because um, I'm, I'm autistic, actually, and one of the ways I would sing is I would tell stories to myself, and I would make up fiction stories about, like, Digimon or Sailor Moon, just stuff I was into, and I would just walk myself in the room and talk to myself, and I was just really excited, like, wow, you can write this down and look at it on the internet and share it with other people, and people were excited to see what you have to say about the characters. So that's kind of like my beginnings from when I was a wee child. Um, I love listening to like fan fiction of years past, where it's just like this was just full websites that like probably don't exist anymore, mm-hmm. but like started it for everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was it, it 
rough though. Like, oh, I bet. Oh, oh, yeah. I was born in 2001. You were like back in old in the 90s. When people paying for sites to be like come one come all <laughs> publish your fan fictions here it was it was it was really different and it's just it's been really interesting having been aware of fan fiction for 21 years now and having it been something i've seen evolve from being posted on these self-hosted websites to like a human like in your three it's just been incredible and just the feeling of the culture around it has been really interesting to see how, sorry, how, how did your fanfiction writing evolve over the years? Um, well, the first, the first thing I published was a script format fanfiction for us. Oh, I love that. Go for it. I yes, that. I love yes. that. <laughs> Thank you. And I'm just really focusing on the dialogue. And I was, I was like 11 or 12 at the time when I first started publishing stuff online. And, um... That's crazy to me. Like, I'm, I'm studying film in college right now, and I just wrote my first script piece last semester. That was wild to me. And the fact that you publish stuff like that at the ages of 11 and 12... Basically like a middle school. ...is like... I think so highly of you now, because that's a lot of work. Thank you. Yeah, it, it, it absolutely wasn't anything polished. I, I didn't know how to spell anything. Um... <laughs> I feel like people were really giving me the benefit of the doubt, honestly. Oh, but... I still do that. Like, Maya is my beta reader, and she's yeah. always just like, okay, this word is spelled wrong. <laughs> like, she does everything. Yeah, no, so I started out with, like, more script style stuff, and once I started getting, like, more comfortable with writing that, I um, published my first, quote-unquote, long fic, which I believe was only 20K, and it was a Digimon fanfiction called Last Souls. And Only that was more... Yeah, right? Come on, man. <laughs> right? That's still a lot of work to write 20,000 words <laughs> and be like, it was only 20,000. It's not that long. I was, I was such a braggart in, in school. I would come and be like, I wrote a novel. <laughs> <laughs> I, would do, I would do the exact same yeah, thing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just still do that sometimes. Because like, what do you do for fun? I'm like, oh. What kind of stuff do you write? I'm like, um... I just write full books, no big deal. But I started out, I was very heavy on the on the descriptions. Mm-hmm. I took a lot of inspiration, very dramatic inspiration from Edgar Allan Poe. Once I got into middle school and like any graph emo kid, I was just like, wow. To get really into Edgar Allan Poe and like oh yeah, <laughs> all those, all those. Who else am I thinking of? Oh, Cthulhu. Who's that guy? H.P. Lovecraft. Oh, oh H.P. Lovecraft. Yes, thank you. Like I think that's like a rite of passage. You pick one of the two, and you're just like, I'm. I you spiral for a bit. I'm 14. Oh, yeah. and this is deep. Yes. You know? I'm so edgy. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So for that. Absolutely, just like the Edward child. Like I was writing, like oh, everything's like super dark and spooky, and like oh, my sentences are like three paragraphs long and include and include like I don't know, like eighteen descriptive words, and um, that's kind of where I stayed for a while um, in like early high school. But towards late high school, I really started trying to like refine what I was writing. I don't think I wrote anything I could actually go back and be like, oh, that was kind of good, until I was like, 
in um, my senior of high school, which is when I, I wrote a very prolific fan fiction. I've taken it down because of the subject matter, but it's called uh, Broken Pieces. Okay. And it was a Black Butler fan fiction, and it got fairly decently popular in the fandom. Is that the one that you have on your AO3, or is that a different one right now? Because I know you have um, a Black Butler one up there. Yes, it's some of our parts. Um, what happened with Broken Pieces is... My partner, Tesha Sui, wrote the companion piece, and that was from CR's point of view, and theirs was from Sebastian's point of view, and a few years later, we were like, we should rewrite these together as one coherent fan fiction, because I, I wasn't comfortable with what I'd written when I was younger, but I really liked the concept of the fan fiction that I'd written, so we got together and we wrote this um, very uh, graphic romance-inspired fan fiction that kind of combined the two and just sort of fixed all the problematic issues. Sure, so. yeah, I love that. Yeah. I love that you guys were just like, yeah, let's make it coherent. Like, let's get yeah. that. That's super cool to me. I've definitely read some of my old works that had never seen the light of day, oh, and I'm just like, what if I just fix it up and publish it? Mm-hmm. I've never done mm-hmm. it. <laughs> it's an idea. Um, one of my biggest things is when I go back and look at my old works, even like Years and years in the past, I'll just automatically start editing it. And I'm like, no, don't touch this. You're going to hate. Hey, man, I wrote Bakugo Kotsky fan fiction like four years ago. I still go back to it, and I'm like, well, what if I fix something here? There? You can't. Don't touch it anymore. I'm, but I do. Yeah. So, um, but you have two, like, series Voltron fandom fix on there. So if you just want to give, like, short little descriptions um, of those to anyone who's listening... Mm-hmm. Um, the first series is Stationaries and Other Misunderstandings. Um, that's, it's, um, uh, Shiro and Keith, or Keith, and it's kind of, you know, honestly, yeah, it's like stories from a throughout their lifetime, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so you just get into kind of weird and wacky situations, um, you know, from a different point of view, from a different paladins. The first story is there's a misunderstanding and space bees make them get married. Um, the second story is everyone's mistakenly believes Keith is pregnant and there's a whole shenanigans surrounding that. And the third one is um, the other paladins trying to babysit your own Keith's kid. Not gonna lie, I read um, it top tier. It's very good. Sydney very much. She reads the Voltron stuff. I know nothing about any of the characters of the show at all. I don't even... I, I don't know what happens, but I'm interested as, as to why Voltron people are so, like, attached to this yeah. show. So that's kind of our next question is... What, what keeps you writing about this, especially after two... Um, probably almost three years after the show's conclusion at this point? Um, I actually haven't done... In writing of that, I think a little bit after the show ended is when um, our other series, Wesley Arising, which um, my partner Cheshire City uh, wrote the first um, the kind of like work in that series, uh, like right after the first season aired. And um, I actually ended up joining on for the subsequent two stories that we wrote after that. And once we finished up on the third story, which I believe we finished. It was even right before or right after season eight. And I just, I mean, I just have the energy to write fan fiction after that, to be honest. It's just, you know, it was just such, 
exclusive into the fandom. Yeah, I wasn't even <laughs> in the fandom. Like, I'm gonna be completely honest, never watched the show. I, I saw the reactions from everyone else, and I was just like, I'm okay, but I'm gonna check out the fanfiction. Once in a while, check my Tumblr dashboard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. People still reblog Voltron stuff, yeah. and that's like super wild to me for some reason. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, I am a Clance person myself Mm -hmm. but like just the way that you wrote like shiro and keith together is a way that i never read it before and was totally like yeah i could definitely believe that they're together because most of the time i'm just like "Eh." (laughs) like i don't feel this connection (laughs) with them but just like the way that you wrote their relationship together like fully made sense to me of just like how they fell together this way thank you i appreciate that um, so we have some fun questions for you. You've written a lot of fan fiction through your year. Um, <clears throat> but is there a trope that you have yet to try your hand on that you really wanted to? <clears throat> kind of a tricky one. I'm, I'm big in love with fairy tale fan fiction. Yes. Like, yes. stuff based off of fairy tale. Yes. We're yes. <laughs> I took a, a class in college um, about like the fairy tale tradition, and I just absolutely fell in love with it. And I did many, many years ago write a King Hearts fan fiction based off of Beauty and the Beast, Ooh. like the more um, traditional um, version of it from like, I think it was Perez who wrote that Don't quote me on that. But <laughs> I've, I've always really wanted to try that again, writing something more based on the, the classical fairy tales before they got, like, Disney-fied, and before they even got, like, Brothers Grimmed, because fairy tales were kind of in between, because you hear, like, a brother Grimm super needy, crazy fairy tales where everyone dies, and yeah, yeah, yeah. just whatever he lives and happens after, like, more traditional stuff. So before the Brothers Grimm um, wrote that down, is kind of in the middle of the world. Like, there's some... There's some edgy stuff, but there's also, it's a lot slacker, and I'm like, <laughs> that falls really nicely into my category of what I like to write. So I'd really like to take something from, um, yeah, I wanted to take something from those types of, like, early literary works and develop it into a fan fiction. I love the, I love fairy tale stuff. I love that idea so much. Thank you. There is I have like it's a published series, but it's like fairy tales in space, and it's one of my favorite all time series. Like I love it so much. Like when people just take like Beauty and the Beast, Little Mermaid, Sleeping Beauty, whatever, and then just be like, "This is mine now. I'm gonna do whatever I want with it." Is fantastic. In space? Is this a fan fiction? No, it's a it's like a published book series. <laughs> it's called The Lunar Chronicles by Marissa Mar. Marissa May? I, I think it's May. It's like so the it's four books and the first book is Cinderella. The second book is Little Red Riding Hood. The third book is Rapunzel and the fourth book is Snow White. Hmm. So is that is that um is called uh, Cinder? Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> it's incredible. I was off put because I'm not a space person myself, but so many mm-hmm. people were like, but this is fairy tales in space. And finally I was like, okay, truly you could take fairy tales, put them anywhere, and I'll be like, 
this is for me. <laughs> yeah, that sounds fantastic. That sounds so fun. That's what we're going to do that. So, but on the flip side of that, are there any tropes that you would not touch with, like, a 10-foot pole? Man. Name a few, if you can yeah, think honestly. of, like, one. I don't know. I kind of am pretty open to writing whatever. Mm-hmm. I can I can't I'm like, I'm never going to write a sad ending. It's like my hard no. I wouldn't say that's like a trope necessarily. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's exactly how Sydney is. She refuses to write angst like almost any time. And I'm over here like, I want to cry at the end. Yeah, like, yeah, I want to cry so badly sometimes. And I'm always just like super fluffy, really intimate. Everyone gets a happy ending. La la la. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I saw um, a a twitter post the other day that was like writers who were fe- like try to write angst but it always just ends up fluffy in the end and i was just like that's me 100 percent. and maya's like please hurt me <laughs> i want to cry today i'm here for the major character death tag on ao3 that was my oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I do write angst but it always has to have a happy ending i'm all about the hurt comfort Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. <laughs> it depends on the day for me. But that's why, hey, that's why this works for us because we're two different people reading all the fan fiction. It's <laughs> true. Okay. Uh, yeah, as far as the fan football, I don't know. Like, I, I know there's some subject matter that I wouldn't want to write about in a, mm-hmm. in a fan fiction sense or that I would want, if I wanted to explore, I would go about much more delicately and definitely with a lot of trigger warnings. Yeah. But as for stuff I publish, um I can't really think of any specific tropes. I I love all tropes. I I just I spent like so many of my teenage years on TV tropes just learning about all different media tropes. I'm like, hmm, how can I include every single one of these into my work? Did that very teenage like I'm gonna shove everything that I've ever learned in this single piece of fic. Oh, yeah. Okay, so the next question I have is that in your fics, you tackle subjects like um, gender and subjects even inside of genders like MPREG in, like, space shenanigans and under misunderstandings very masterfully, if I may say. What makes you want to write something that a lot of fic authors won't even, like, look at? Yeah. I don't know. I, it was something that growing up Catholic, I, I mean, there were a lot of really strict gender roles. And I recall watching, um, there was a television show on um, public broadcasting called Nova. And there was, we were having an episode on, oh, how, how would men have babies? And I was like eight years old, and I remember my parents getting like, or at least my mom getting really upset, like, that's wrong and bad, and blah, blah, blah. It's like a thing to be doing. I'm like, oh, okay. So I grew up with these really strict gender roles, and once I started getting into my rebellious phase, I'm like, how do I tackle these things that I find personally interesting, but this this religion that I grew up in was really stringent and against, like, you're either male or female, but there's clearly when I was getting older, Learning more about LGBTQ community is just seems less and less weird to me. Sorry. Um, and I'm just like, 
this this stuff has just has always been really interesting to me because it was considered so taboo in my household. And like, how do I express this in a way kind of just for me? And when I was younger, I started writing fan fiction about improv and stuff. And this is because I thought it was really cute when I was younger and before I got into like I got older and started considering stuff like like notions of gender mm-hmm. and motherhood and how motherhood is usually relegated strictly to females mm-hmm. or quote unquote females in this religion that I grew up in in the society that I was being raised in and like mm-hmm. I was just thinking like what would be like having someone considered who considers themselves to be male to have this experience, what would that be like? How would two men raise a child or how would a man go throughout a pregnancy? And it's just stuff I thought was really interesting and I wanted to explore in my writing. I think that's very, it's, that's very interesting to me because I also grew up in a very religious household. I grew up (laughs) Mormon or LDS. Um, So I, my family wasn't as strict, but my grandparents definitely were. Uh, yeah. And, like, I haven't come out to the rest of my... I'm bisexual, so I haven't, like, come out to my extended family, my household knows. Mm-hmm. And I think it's very, I want to say, noble to to challenge what you were grown up with. Mm-hmm. Because it's very... I, I know the kind of, like, discourse that you go through at the ages... Like, when you're when you're a teenager, you're like, this, this doesn't sit right with me for some reason. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why this feeling is wrong, but it's wrong. And then you you learn and you grow and you learn not to judge. And I think it's it's a valiant effort to just sit there and be like, I'm not going to judge these people for anything. Because it's, you know, we don't really get a choice in the matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And kind of the that I, I was cool growing up was also really hard. Um, I'm, I'm out to to everyone right now so um i know how scary it is to have to come out to a religious family and i think that that also really went into why i wanted to explore issues of like gender in my writing because i i've never really felt like whacked into my gender if that makes any sense yeah i think yeah yeah, and especially in the way that I was really being encouraged to growing up. And so, again, at the beginning, it was just more teenage rebellion. Like, now I'm going to experiment with all sorts of weird stuff in my writing, quote-unquote weird, but... Mm-hmm. But, you know, I just, I find it interesting, and I find it something, especially as we in a society look at our notions of how we perceive gender and how we perceive what makes a family or what makes a parent. And I find that something that I personally am really interested in exploring in my writing. Honestly, I've never heard it explained that, like, and, like, yeah. It makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. Thank you. Yeah, so what is your writing process when you think of an idea, when you start writing something, like, what does that process look like? It's very various. Um, sometimes I just go, like, when I was writing Fixer Upper, I just went have wild. Like, I, I was writing on my partner has a little window surface, and this, I just had this plot running form in my mind. I was like, well, 
have to write it. And then in the course of 12 hours, I just sat there and wrote 17,000 words on this tiny house laptop. And I just, I didn't stop to even like think about what I was writing. I just, I just fucking went for it. And so sometimes it's like that. It just kind of happens. But other times, especially when I'm writing something longer, if I get an idea, I tend to write it down like very precariously. So my process is I'll start with a Word document. And I actually used to, when I was younger, I used to just write it down on a piece of paper. It's usually even the crayon. I know one fan fiction I wrote um, the outline on the back of a receipt in the movie theater where we were waiting to see, um, I guess, what was it? It was uh, Zombieland. And I just got struck with a pop and I started writing the outline down on the back of a receipt in the dark movie theater. Um, I and I have literally talked where it's just like, you cannot say that you haven't watched a movie and immediately we're like, flooded with ideas and you're like i need to get this on a page now yeah exactly uh absolutely and sometimes after writing movie, i'll just be really uh, write a movie watching i'll just be really inspired to write it right there the community has like nothing to do with the movie <laughs> yeah well because you know even we have like au so you can like watch a zombie movie and you're just like <laughs> what if these that's exactly what happened this week. I finished watching Alice in Borderland this week. Uh-huh. Fantastic show. I loved it. But now I'm like, oh, God, what would all these characters do in this situation? <laughs> like, it's so interesting. Yeah. Uh, so, I'll just, uh, to answer your question, uh, can I just kind of start writing on a Word document what I want the general outline to be? Because then what I do is I, I pick when I want this to take place in time. So I'll find uh, some sort of calendar that matches up with the year. I'll just make an arbitrary calendar. Um, and I'll start plotting out um, where, where stuff takes place, like day by day, what day of the week it is, what actual number day it is, what time of the year it takes place, like, like having an actual solid date. And I'll split it up by that. And then I'll split it up by kind of like scene. And then I'll divide it into chapters or I'll just like leave it as is if it's not a chapter fan fiction. And from there, um, it depends on if I'm writing, because I do a lot of co-writing with Cheshire City. And um, for either we go through and we divide it up scene by scene, and we might highlight it in our favorite color to show who's writing what part. But if I'm writing with something, I'll just go. That's very similar to how, like, Maya writes, I think, because she writes chapter by chapter, like, yeah. scene by scene. I'm very much a visual, like, I can see things in my head really well, so it's easy for me to be like, okay, well, this visual aspect should be here, and then I have to figure out, like, this muddled part in the middle to get to this next visual scene. I I guess it's a very, quote-unquote, filmmaker's way of looking mm -hmm. at things. Like, I even sketch out things sometimes to be like, well, how would that look? Cause, oh, that's good. I like that. <laughs> so, you talk about your writing partner, Cheshire. How is it different writing with somebody than writing just alone? I, you know, I have been writing Cheshire since we were 13 and 5. Oh my god. So, for Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we, were, we were best friends for six years before we started dating. Found a and writing we partner were... for life. Oh, hell yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> and, um,. In the beginning, we would just write classic together when we were kids, and like we just sit at the computer and like we're here to keep it. Like, oh, I'm the funniest, craziest thing for you after the day. Like, <laughs> I love that. Yeah, 
And so we just we grew some just absolutely batshit stuff. It was fantastic. I had a fantastic youth riding with Cheshire City. If and, you didn't write um, fix as a child, you didn't live. It's it's if you were a fandom <laughs> if you were into fandom and you did not write graphic as a child, I don't know what you're doing. But um yeah, well, as we got older, it started to we started to try to streamline the process more and more. Sorry, but um, so we basically do the same thing. Like, uh, like I said, we'll just go through and highlight what parts we want to write. And since we've been writing together for so long, I find it hard sometimes. I'll be reading, I'm like, I forget who wrote what. Like, it's. Because we have the ability to kind of blend our writing styles together when we know we're going to be writing together. Um, so every, each of us has certain little tells, and once I see one of them, I'm like, oh, I wrote this, or oh, Chess wrote this. So um, I think that, I don't like, it's just, because we've been writing together for so long, I just, I think the major difference is just being able to know when you're writing by yourself, just turning ahead. Whereas when you're writing with someone else, you have to pause, collaborate, make sure what you're writing is um, meshing well, um, discuss stuff that um, maybe just didn't work, or oh, there's an inconsistency in what we wrote, we need to fix that, um, stuff like that. It's just a bit of a, a little bit of a slower process, just making sure everything matches up. That sounds, as I was listening to you, I was like, I don't know how to explain it, but it just sounds so sweet that like you can be like, I don't even know who, what, like, who wrote what at this point. Mm-hmm. It can get hard to tell. Like, yeah, that's, that's the major thing when it, when it comes to writing with them is that it, it just, it kind of all just meshes together because we just, since we were writing during our really formative years and how we grew as, as writers, feeling dependent on one another, or we're never going to be writing with the other. We just, know how to write. It, it isn't something that's like much of a conscious effort on my part. I feel like it isn't on their part either based on what they've said. But yeah, it just it just flows really well to each other. It's the perfect it's just the perfect That's such an interesting way to learn pacing too. Right? Yeah. I I was really, really lucky to happen as my writing partner my whole life. <laughs> Sydney's heart is, is cracking. She can't handle the madness. <laughs> it's just really. Oh, we have the real childhood friends to lovers. Really like, do. There's <laughs> no like, fan fiction set up between us two. Like, two fan fiction. Like, I am just like. I'm stunned that it happened. Like, <laughs> I don't know if you heard, but I just said two fan fiction authors just wrote their own fan fiction to life. Yeah. <laughs> Maya, you have to take over. <laughs> we can't do this she's, she's cracking down from the cuteness. Oh, thank you. Oh, it is super yeah. cool. That is so, like, admirable, too. I can't imagine writing with someone else. Not because it's like, oh, don't touch my stuff, but, yeah. like, I am so impatient when it comes to my own writing, where I'm like, God. I just need to write tonight. Like I have to set time aside mm-hmm. to do this, and I gotta force myself to do it. Unless I have mm-hmm. like the once a month, I'm gonna sit down for three hours and just bust out three thousand words yeah. for no reason or something like that. 
Right, yeah. Interesting to hear someone be like, "Oh yeah, I have a writing partner, and like we work together so well that our writing sounds exactly the same, and like we work collaboratively." Well, even then, you have to get your schedules perfectly, because like I, you write dead of night, I write while I work my office job. (laughs) So like your schedules have to be so lined up that you like you finish and you're just like, "Hey, let's talk about this," and you're both free to talk about it. Yeah, and it was a problem when we were in high school and we were in college because we did most of our writing when we were taking breaks. I know we wrote uh, the vast majority of satellite. It was um, not satellite, which is the second um, the second story in the Lingua Rising series. Um, we wrote that over the course of like two weeks, and that was like, it was like it was, it was right after we graduated from college, and we were both between jobs, because I just had surgery, and uh, Tess is still working for something. And so we wake up in the morning, and we start writing, and then, like, we'd stop for food, and we'd keep writing. And, like, and we can like, we live together, so we were just, like, in the same room, just, like, on our laptops. And, like, <laughs> it was really good to have your writing partner in the same room as you, so you just get to stop and be like, hey, what was keep writing? Like... Like, and just, it was, it was, like, I still refer to those two weeks we wrote Satellite as, like, some of the best time in my life because just every day was getting to write and getting to write with my best friend and my partner and um, just, we were just so in sync with that fan fiction. It's my favorite thing we've ever written. I'm, I'm too single to do this right now. You're living the dream. You truly are. <laughs> I can't, I can't imagine the creative energy in that room. Oh my god, it's a, it's, it's loud. Like, we are on a roll, like, like, it's just, I just feel so wired. Like, it's like I drink 30 Monster Energy drinks. I think that's the best part, because, like, I wrote fan fiction when I was younger. Not as young as, like, probably you, but, like, a lot of it didn't even see the light of day, because I was just like, no, nah, I'm not mm-hmm. gonna finish it, I'm not gonna do it. And then... It wasn't until I met, like, Maya, and we both were, like, holding each other up of just, like, I'm making you accountable to finish the thing that you're writing. And we don't even write together. We're just, like, we're just, like, hey, I finished something. Can you look it over for me before I publish it? Yeah, I know. We're practically each other's editors. Yeah. So. That's fantastic. And it's good to have a friend in the writing business. 100%. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. So I couldn't even imagine, like writing with someone and like just how like energy fueled and like passionate and like the creative yeah i couldn't even imagine like that energy that goes on uh, it's, it's it's wild it's it's so fun and it's just if you're right it is just there's just there's just an incredible amount of energy when you're just fucking blasting through a fan fiction with your favorite person it's great well like and not even that i just thought about this but like I, I, I only talked to Maya about this because, like, I was, you know, of course, like, I don't want to tell other people that I'm writing fan fiction, so someone else is holding you up and is fully, like, respecting what you're writing and understands what you write and, like, is supporting you and is not even that, but is, like, enjoying to do the thing that you also like to do, because even if I tell people, like, I'm writing fan fiction, they're like, ah, cool, and, like, that's it. Right. <laughs> it's just it's become like such 
Oh, like having a writing partner in fan fiction has become such an ingrained part of my life. I just can't imagine not having that in my life. Like something, someone to just say, hold you accountable for being able to finish your writing and being able to like help you grow and develop as a writer. I do want to ask, since you've been writing for like ever, what, how, like writing, starting to write fan fiction to now, how have you seen the culture of fan fiction change? From like from when you were eleven to twelve to now. Um, I was young, especially around like ages like fifteen and sixteen. It was truly the wild wild west out there. You could write anything, just like the most problematic stuff in the world. Like fucking yippee ki yay, motherfucker. Oh yeah, it was, it was wild. Like some of the stuff, like in like on fanfiction.net, nothing was tagged, no trigger warnings. You just clicked on what you clicked on, and you like, it, it could get traumatizing really quick. You were okay. <laughs> traumatized today. Click, click, click. Exactly, <laughs> and I'm like, oh boy, it's 15. I don't know what that's today. And yeah, it's just, and then obviously once I start being older, it was so like. Right now, I feel like there's very much of a purity culture, and we get that we can write a lot on Tumblr. Like, if you write bad things, you are a bad person, and you are going to hell. Yeah. And like, like, Maya and I have had this conversation, not like on air, but like with mm-hmm. each other before. Yeah. That like, personally, we don't really write like quote unquote problematic things, but like, I also don't think that you are a pedophile if you write like teacher student stuff. Yeah. I don't think that you are I don't think if you write non-consensual fics that you're gonna that you're a rapist and and gonna try and do that to someone like you're just being creative and I can respect that and turn a blind eye Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I can see that it's there like if I see the non-contag it's like okay cool skip right past it but also I've had to like learn that like I I'm a rape survivor and like I can't tell how I go through my trauma and how another rape survivor is supposed to go through mm-hmm. their trauma. Right. And I, I, I find that kind of funny when people start demanding trauma receipts. Mm-hmm. So when you write something that could be considered problematic, and that's just, that's just upsetting. It's like, hey, you don't need to take someone into just dropping all their trauma receipts for you. Yeah. People can write what they want to write as long as it's properly tagged. Like, well, like, and and I it's also, like, there's a lot of stuff out there that I'd rather not look at or see, but you know, you don't know if someone's looking through something or what. Exactly. Yeah, 100%. Like, Maya will say this, has said this, and will say it forever tag your shit accordingly. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I'm a firm believer of if you really don't have anything positive to say, just don't fucking say yeah. it. Like, it's the first thing you learn as a kid. Like, if you don't have anything to say, don't say anything at all. I hate cancel culture. This is like, mm-hmm. I hate Twitter, like, cancel culture. It's so stupid to me. Because we're all human and we all go through things. We all make mistakes. Mm-hmm. What's the point of not giving someone a second or possibly a third chance? So they can right. really grow to be a better person. Like, it right. doesn't make any yep. sense to me. So if you write teacher student stuff, I'm not assuming that you're going to go to college <laughs> and try and become a teacher just to try and seduce a student. That's not what I'm right, yeah. Maybe you're going through something. Maybe this was just an idea you had and you wanted to get it out in the air. Like, maybe if you write it down, it'll mm-hmm. leave your head. Or maybe you just want to fucking write it. Like, yeah, I don't know. Like, 
I'm not a partaker of that content, so I'm going to move on from that. Good for you. You wrote something that people like. And also, I'm a firm believer of that. You don't write fanfiction for other people. You write it for yourself. Write it for yourself, yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, never once have I written a fanfiction being like, I hope other people like this. Like, I'm always, like, whenever I finish something, and I'm like, I'm so extremely proud of myself for the thing that I've written, Mm -hmm. and I'm allowing other people to read this. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great view of things and stuff. It's a great mentality to have because I always get so anxious whenever I post anything. Oh, I 100% like, uh, understand, but I'm on Prozac now, so I'm just chilling. <laughs> <laughs> but how has it changed? It's, I think there was, there was a window there where things were getting tagged accordingly. Mm-hmm. And people were just generally like, you know, you do you, I do me and stuff. Like, whereas there was, there was a nice bounce between the Wild West of fanfiction.net you might stumble across like horrible that hasn't been tagged. And between right now where if your characters have more than a three-year age difference, even if they're about 50, you are a pedophile. Dude, I got my whole, I got a whole stick about that. I'm we have to put, like, before we even start talking about this, there will be so much research going into this, because I just don't want to say something wrong. But, like, we've already talked about that, like, you know, obviously there are, like, the aunties out there that probably will not love anything that we're saying right now. Whatever. But, like, it's not for you. So, I, again, if you get upset about it, there's so many things that I've seen, and I'm just like, la-da-da, keep scrolling. <laughs> I, I, it's also, it must have been super hard to just find fanfiction at all back oh, then, yeah. especially if it was on random private, or private websites. Mm-hmm. And that, that was really, like, early 2000s, late 90s. Mm-hmm. And, and that was the case for me. I'm kind of like the middlest child of the fanfiction generation um where i was just towards the tail end of posting fanfic if not posting but reading fanfic that was posted on more private websites like mm-hmm. just doing the fan rings and stuff and getting to start reading on fanfiction.net um but it was hard you sometimes like people their websites would crash and i remember growing up one of my favorite family fanfictions um the, my favorite website crashed and they left the fan fiction so I couldn't read it <gasps> oh, anymore. My god. oh my god yeah that's horrifying right yeah, so said, just, imagine if Amy 3 just like crashed one night and everything was gone I still have everything because I keep them in my google docs files I mean same but like think about the ones that were published in like 2012 R.I.P. to them R.I.P. AO3 is keeping us alive oh my god I'm so thankful for the advent of AO3. Oh my yeah. god, the volunteers. Thank you, Thank you so much. Donate to AO3. Oh my god. Yeah. And 
even just really weird because that sudden have access to like looking for specific tropes or specific things you want to be looking for in fan fiction and yeah it was, it was just really interesting and especially when we had to tag stuff like what do I tag and what do I just like put trigger warning in my after notes for yeah I'm still learning how to tag like how much I really need to tag like, yeah, I don't I, need to I, tag I, everything. I, I'm, I, I feel like I, I, I ever tag a lot. Yeah. What is, how is it different posting from fanfiction.net to AO3? Because neither of us have published on anything but AO3. Well, you posted on Tumblr. Tumblr. I, I think that the process is really similar. Um, you copy and paste it from a Word document into, like, there's, like, a space for you to put your text. And then you had to go through and you had to like italicize everything yourself. Like either using HTML or I think eventually they had little buttons on there. So you could just like highlight something and click italics. And then um, making sure there were page breaks in there between scenes. Um, and then going on titling your thing, um, working the pairing. And uh, I think you could pick up like the genre. Like it, had, like it was like humor, horror, romance, like really vague stuff like that and uh, eventually i think towards like 2012 they introduced like book covers so what? i went back I and they made like a lot of pink book covers hmm. i've never seen well <laughs> I, I also haven't gone on fanfiction yet <laughs> <laughs> yeah. in like, such a long time but i truly thought that was a wapet only thing yeah um they're, they're very small mm-hmm. they're like just a few pixels tall nothing huge but oh it's like like the actual physical posting was different. And I think that back when we were on fanfiction.net, people tended to comment a lot more. That's interesting. That's really interesting, yeah. Yeah, like, even if you were writing, like, Baby First Mary Sue fanfiction, where you didn't know what a pronoun was, and you didn't know <laughs> how to make a sentence in. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, so kind of like, this is really interesting, I'm really enjoying this. I don't know, I can't even your characters. That sounds awesome. I remember, um, I had a sort of mentor back when I was posting on fanfiction.net, and he would come through and he would comment on almost every one of my characters from back when I was writing, like, Tokyo Mimi fanfiction. And, like, have a really solid, like, commentary. Like, I like how you wrote this character. They're very strong. I feel like a lot of characters don't get written like this in this fandom. Or, like, I don't like how you did this. Like, I feel like it might have been a little too out of character. And that was really cool to have chapter to chapter someone really commenting and supporting you and, like, holding you accountable for what you were writing. That's really interesting. Yeah. Like, I haven't, I've never really talked to someone who's, like, actively posted on, like, fanfiction.net, like, mm-hmm. when it was popular. But <laughs> that's very interesting. Like, I do get, I, I'm currently writing a multi work thing, and I do have, like, my, I think, like, three or four active commenters like every single chapter i will get a comment yeah, yeah. but they're not like mentors they're just like this was great <laughs> i love yeah. this thank you for hurting me <laughs> i'll see you next chapter but uh, like and i do get i do get longer reviews on my fanfiction on the but like fanfiction not now but it was i feel like i don't know if it was just for my works but this is what i experienced like a lot of sometimes you just get like really long like very was it like someone's replying to like the essay you posted on Blackboard? Yeah, yeah. I haven't got like that. that. I've I mean, seen. I've never given a lot of those on Fanfiction.net, so I wasn't happy. 
No, no, no. You're, I was just saying that, like, I've seen people do that. It must take so much work, though, to, like, comment, like, paragraphs upon oh paragraphs. I don't know if I have the mental willpower to do that for like every single chapter. No, absolutely not. I don't. Especially if I'm just queuing through something really well written. Yeah, the people who do it though, the backbone of the comment section. Oh, for sure. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I owe so much to the people who commented on my stuff, especially when I was writing on fanfiction.net. Oh yeah, all the people who helped me in my Tumblr beginnings, got, I, they were the sweetest people. I hope them that they are doing so well in life. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. they made you my... need to you need to give them like a mom, mother's and a father's day present because they raised you. They ba- basically, <laughs> that's very. Can we go back to the fanfiction.net era? Actually, like I'm assuming you never. I don't know if you haven't, but like, have you ever like checked out Wattpad? I have checked out Wattpad a few times, like, I thought I was going to look, look around a little bit, but um, I can't say I've ever found anything that uh, that's really terrible caught my interest and want to, like, sit down and read the whole thing. That is honestly totally fair. <laughs> yeah, honestly, completely. <laughs> like, I fully want to do a deep dive into Wattpad because I've already <laughs> found some stuff. Wattpad should not exist <laughs> as a site. <laughs> I wouldn't say that necessarily. I, I do think that there's probably diamonds in the rough in there somewhere. Sure. I just think that the rough right. is a thousand miles deep. There's like thousands of layers through. of sludge before you can find like a shiny little diamond. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I definitely seen some interesting things on there. I found it really fascinating how I mean, I've read a few um, works from like a few of my Hero Academia fan fictions, and instead of like every time it switches POV, they'll just write X is POV in like both of the top. And yes! Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they really I take it. liberties with those authors' notes. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I found it really interesting because that's not a phenomenon I've seen on any fan fiction platform before. Wattpad is a monster of its own. I yeah. feel like a lot of Wattpad's, like, like that POV kind of stuff, mm-hmm. stemmed mm. from Tumblr. Cause it 100%. Defi- it definitely came from Tumblr, I want to say. Yeah. But I feel like people at Tumblr were like, yeah, that's just, like, not as intuitive as it could be, and so they mm-hmm. kind of moved on from that. And then the people who mm. were like, oh, well, I like it, moved they to, stick Wattpad. to Wattpad. <laughs> and it was like, fine, whatever. I don't think that's something that's... It makes it more accessible for younger writers and younger readers mm-hmm. who maybe don't know how to infer POV either through their reading or writing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, oh my goodness. What's the best piece of writing advice you've ever received? Best piece of writing advice I've ever received? I don't know. I. I feel like I hear a lot whenever I have really horrible writers back, it's like to sit down and do it. It's the, the best thing, like, even if you feel like you can't write anything, just trying to get out, like, one sentence, two words, anything you could put down on paper, even if it's just like an outline or just a dialogue or something. Like, I think that's just, and sometimes it, like, when you force yourself, you can really tell when you're writing, but I found that a lot of people can't tell. I mean, like, back in, like, 
you don't have to worry about like that blocking like, like you can mm-hmm. just literally again do something put something on the page figure out the blocking later yeah yeah I'd be really curious to write something that you two have written together. Like, like, <laughs> like one working on that and the other working on um, the backing as it were. That's actually not a bad idea. Yeah. I think just our, we would have to come to a, a conclusion of just like what we would want to write. Because uh-huh. I love romance. And Maya's just like, Mafia AU oh, action God. all the way. And I'm like, but can't they go to a coffee shop and fall in love? <laughs> like, <laughs> I can't connect to a boyfriend. At a coffee shop. Hey, man. Okay. Yeah, no, sorry. Okay. So we have come to, it's kind of like Sophie's choice, but it's YN's choice. Of your fix you have ever written, what's your favorite and why? Uh, absolutely. Immediately. Fuck everything else. Absolutely. New contest. Because <clears throat> A, I got to write with Cheshire City. Mm-hmm. And just being able to sit down and over the course of like two weeks and write this behemoth of a story. And every day just getting up, running, stopping for like, like really quick breaks, like getting foods or like just. And just the story, the actual story that we wrote, like the messages that we were able to convey in it, just how our writing style is pointed, like the characters, the actual like contents of the story itself, like that right, like no contact. Yeah, and I think a lot of it is, correct me if I'm wrong, but like the memories of that, like not even just the the piece, but what the journey to get to that piece is a really big part of that, probably. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, that, that those are some of my favorite times in my life, is being able to write that fan fiction. That's awesome. Yeah. I can't wait. <laughs> One of these days, I'll get there. <laughs> Last question. The last question we have. Your favorite fic you have not written and or a fic recommendation. And this could be several. I know that you were narrowing it down, but if you haven't, you can give us several. Um... <clears throat> I am actually going to be a huge self-promoter kind of here. Okay. One of my favorite fan fictions that I've read was, um, oh my goodness, I'm looking, looking, Passion Suit, which, um, Chisholm City wrote by themselves, and it was actually a graduation gift for me. And when they wrote it, they didn't know that, um, I was going to be helping them write the two consecutive stories because it was supposed to be a story alone. And I'm like, what did this happen? And they're like, oh my God, we need to write these stories too. And that one I definitely recommend you if you just read it as a standalone, which it can be read as a standalone. Because um, Chess is just such a fantastic author and like, it's just full, a bunch of my favorite tropes. And like, you must be specific with like, oh, what kind of story do you like to see? And I just told him like, okay, I wrote it. Here's 90,000 words of your favorite stuff. So I... It's definitely a guilty pleasure of mine, and you don't go on to read the stuff that um, I wrote with them afterwards. Like, just that being fiction by itself is such gold. Okay, I know I said that was going to be the last question, but I have to know, how the hell did you two meet? <laughs> um, Anime Club in 2005. Did you say Anime Club? Anime Club. I fucking missed out! Oh my god, dude. I was too afraid to go to anime club. I could have met the person. 
I'm, I went to anime club once in high school. <laughs> we fucking I remember, missed out. I was 13 drawing a picture of my anime master OC, and they came over and looked at it and said, that's really cool, and we became best friends. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know if we're over here like, that's so cute, I can't believe it. <laughs> I have like a friend of mine who, her girlfriend, she met through fanfiction. Uh-huh. And I think you guys are just living the dream. I We're both single. Yeah. I did something wrong. Um, but uh, for a not self-indulgent recommendation, um, I know you guys are doing the My Hero Academia month next month. Yes, yes, yes. yes. I really want to recommend um, my favorite My Hero Academia fanfiction of all time, and. I typically, if I'm going to read a long fic, I'm like, oh, it's got some romance in it. If there's not, like, two bumbling idiots in it falling in yep, love, yep. then I don't want to read it. But I read this kind of on a whim, even though there's no romance in it. And, oh my god, it blew me away. It's Butterfly by Constance and Blade Runner. Okay. Holy shit, this fanfiction is amazing. Everyone feels so well-written and in character. And... Oh my gosh. There are rooms for this one. There's um it's a psychological horror story. And um there's some actual accidental gas running and gore in it. And I believe it's rated like um T for teen. And... The entire time you were talking, Maya was just like right up my alley. <laughs> <laughs> and um so I am gonna be a bit of an English teacher here and be like, I recommend reading before we start this is the short story, A Sound of Thunder by Ray Bradbury. And okay. I feel like this, I, I remember reading it in my freshman year of high school. And it's a short story about the bird butterfly effect. And I feel like, you know, reading a story or just being aware of it, I'll uh, give you a bit more insight into this fiction before you go in and read it. It's, oh my god, I don't, I don't see too much about it because I feel like I'll give so much away. It just, it's, so much better going in blind because you just get like every time the story kicks you, you're just like, Ugh. Wow, okay, perfect. Oh my that... god, that's so interesting. And you know exactly what like short story you're talking about. I love reading the library uh-huh. stuff, so this is super interesting. I'm very intrigued, yeah. Now. Oh, yeah, it's a fantastic fantasy. Is this short of 200k? Yeah, I actually just pulled it up on my phone as we were talking. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, 198,000 words, so just short. Uh, I'm just, I just sat there and read through it in like two days. It was just mind-blowing. Oh my god. I'm definitely adding this to my uh-huh, uh-huh. like bookmarks. This looks very good. Yeah, that's, because uh-huh. I, I don't, I don't read that much like My Hero like just regular stuff and i like i want to read more obviously for the podcast but just to, like expand my horizons in fanfiction literature and whenever i look up like best my hero academia like i've never heard of that one before no um, i mean i definitely consider it like my top my hero academia fanfiction but like far and away it's just so well written i'm very excited yeah have you changed your <laughs> No, I'm not changing my <laughs> but I, I'm very excited to read this in preparation for My Hero coming up. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. 
And if I can recommend a third, go ahead. Because I've been really, really hard time narrowing it down. And um, this one, I, I, I basically I read it every year because it's just so good. Um, it's called Baba by Tim Tennant, and it's a Castlevania fan fiction. Yes, what? Sorry, I grew up on Castlevania, and as soon as Netflix was like, here's an animated series for it, I fell in love. It's one of my favorite, like, TV shows ever. Yeah. And um, this one, actually, um, when I was speaking about fairy tales earlier, it tells uh, some of the Baba Yaga fairy tales. Oh, man. So it's set after um, the first season of the Castlevania uh, Netflix series. Uh, The terms... uh, Trevor, Cypher, uh, and uh, Alucard. Yeah. This one is explicit, but um, you can easily get the explicit scenes if you want to. Uh, it's fantastically written, just very beautiful, vivid descriptions in the writing, and like a really addicting story to read. I love the way the characters play off each other. I love the inclusion of a lot of like, um, Russian folklore, especially the Baba Yaga mythos. It's so good. There's um, actually a YouTube series called um, Monstrum that did um, an episode on Baba Yaga. Um, it's, it goes through and it talks about different uh, folkloric or um, cryptids or fairy tale um, kind of figures. Uh, and um, it kind of gives an overview of them. And it's the very the YouTube channel is called Story, and the series is called Monstrum. So if you look at Monstrum Baba Yaga on YouTube, like that kind of gives a really good overview of Baba Yaga and her like mythos and tales. If you're unfamiliar with that, so I definitely recommend watching that before you read the fan fiction because it makes it a lot more juicy. I really enjoy it. Okay, so we are watching this tonight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm trying to. When you said, like, oh, someone who did a horror series on YouTube, um, are you into, like, scary, like, horror kind of stuff? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Okay. I'm trying to remember, there was this horror series on YouTube, it was produced such a long time ago, but it was, like, in real time, this guy released videos, like, months apart, and he would, like, update- Yes! 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 <laughs> oh my god, I'm so glad you know it. I watched oh, it, like- yeah, yeah. So good. I re- I remember one of my friends showed me about it in middle school, and so I got caught up with it, and I caught the I caught the last couple ones he put out, and I was like, Jesus, like one of the best like solo produced horror uh-huh. things ever. Yeah, I was I, I remember watching it. My God, it was coming out. It was a I was a freshman in college when it came out, and the film was like really good then. Hey, Lucy, thank you so much for being on our yeah. podcast. Yeah, thank you so much for having if me. If you want to promote, if you have anything you want to promote right now, this is yeah. go for it. I'm Chapter Lucy at Inno 3. Um, my green partner is Cheshire City. You're Cheshire City on Inno 3. And I would definitely uh, earlier recommend getting our Leo Rise easier to read. And if not, uh, speech feelings about our misunderstandings of mine, um, that was one of the favorite things I wrote solo. So, yeah. Yeah, well, 
um, this is the end of the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Um, if you are listening to Apple Podcasts, rate, review, subscribe. We have a Twitter. We have a Tumblr. We have a TikTok that we post on sometimes. Rarely. Barely. <laughs> we have a email, canonicallyincorrectpod.com. Yep, that's how Moosey got connected with us. That's how Moosey got connected with us. If you're listening to this and you are also a fan fiction author and you want to talk to us, Send us an email. We are looking for a My Hero Academia <laughs> author to talk to. Amen. We're really bad at int- outros. Donate to AO3. Donate to AO3. Tag your shit accordingly. Tag your shit accordingly. Read all of our fan fictions. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Moosey, yeah, yeah, yeah. thank you so much. Thank you so okay, much for listening. Okay. Happy to be here. <laughs> oh, sorry. And we will see you next time. Bye.